What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribraid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to AmeriBraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. It's me. I'm Noah from Indiana River Forge. I'm back with me, as always, Ryan Coakley from Ryan Chadbourne Knife Works. And with Hello. us together today is our short, fat friend, Brigham Kendell. How are you, buddy? Short, fat, and happy. Thanks for asking. How short, are you? Short, fat, and happy. I'm doing okay. I'm doing a lot better. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and right off the top here, I just want to say a special thank you to everyone who reached out to me this week. Um, last uh, last week, I wasn't on the show, uh, and that was because I was not feeling great. So I had a um, hell of a Friday at my day job where I was, I did about a week's worth of work in one day, and it just so happened to be a day that was over 100 degrees. So I was pretty exhausted by the end of it. And then, um, Later in the day, I just got this pounding headache and y'all don't need to know the details, but I was pretty sick um, just from heat exhaustion. Um, I Googled the difference between heat exhaustion and heat stroke. I think last week Ryan said that I had heat stroke. I'm pretty sure I had heat exhaustion because I didn't actually have to go to the hospital or anything. Um, I didn't pass out, but I definitely had a pretty severe fever and, you know, vomiting. I wasn't able to drink water. Uh, even to try and keep myself hydrated. So it was pretty rough 16 hours or so, but I'm back. I'm back at it. I'm still working. Um, cause you know what? Can't stop. Won't stop. So, um, tell you what you did wrong. what I do wrong? Not enough liquid IV. See, here's the thing. I try and only drink one of those a day. I, I mean, I drank I swear Friday the 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 day that all this happened I was drinking liquid IV I was drinking so much water it just it gets to a point when you're working too hard and too hot where there's no amount of hydration that's going to fix it like there's there it, it just it got to the point where I just could not drink enough water I could not keep enough fluids in my system and it, it's just the way it was I will say liquid IV was what helped me the next morning. So I woke up at 5 a.m. I had a fever all night. I was sweating. I was tossing and turning. I couldn't sleep. And then I just, I had to just slowly sip some liquid IV after I, I got, I finally got a few hours of sleep um, between like 7 a.m. and between 7 and 9 a.m. I think I actually finally slept. And then when I got up, I was just, one sip at a time, just getting some liquid IV in me, getting some, getting some electrolytes back into my system. Cause it was completely out. I was white as a ghost 
and well, I mean, that, that's not that big of a difference, but less, less color in my face than even, even normally. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, enough about that. What, uh, Brigham, you got some exciting equipment in your shop and I, I kind of just wanted to ask you about that. What did you get? How did you get it? Let's hear about it. Okay, before you so... answer that, Brigham, oh. before you answer that, use promo code hustle 10 at liquidiv.com for 20% off your entire order. That's a great yeah. point. Okay. So hey, like and, we, we while mentioned we're throwing it. that on, I got a story about liquid IV. It's a friend of mine who lives right next door. He is a big hunter and he was uh, sheep hunting down in the desert in Utah. Um, shot a sheep. They had to rappel down this canyon to get it and then hike out. Well, about halfway in the day, they ran out of water and they thought that there was a creek running the, down the bottom of this canyon. I mean, there was at one point, but it dried up where they were. So he couldn't get more water. And he said the only thing that saved him was liquid IV. He ended up like just putting the powder in his mouth and really? the electrolytes in it like helped him out. And he, he, he says he's here today because of that, of liquid IV, which is kind of, kind of crazy. So must be a good, that product. is crazy. That's you an awesome let him story. know to use our promo code hustle10 <laughs> and check out for 20% off. I will. I will hustle 10. We're about to put it in order just so you know. Okay. So I just got a 24 ton press and it's what it's an uncle Henry's. It's a little older. Basically I, I have this good friend named John bear. He is an auctioneer, but not an auctioneer like for equipment. He does big hunting auctions like, um, like the Utah hunting expo, he just sold the governor or the Arizona strip tag went for record amounts. It was like $600,000 or some crazy, or maybe it was a million dollars. I can't remember what it was, but he, so he does like those auctions. He's a really cool guy. He's also a professional coyote hunter. Um, and his, he just got married and his wife is on, um, Oh, I cannot remember what TV show she's Skullbound, I think is what it's called. It's like a hunting show. Her name's Jana Waller. But um, anyways, uh, John just um, bought a house with her and doesn't have a shop. And he said, Hey, I need to uh, sell my press. Do you know anybody that's going to buy it? So I just drove over and was like, well, how much? And he gave me the price and it was kind of too good to be true. So I bought it from him. It was actually the day before I left to drive to blade show is when I purchased it. Um, but we've had scheduling conflicts, like as far as transportation to get it over here. Cause th that thing's like, I don't know how heavy it is, but it was a beast. To, I mean, it's over 500 pounds. It's, it's super oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. I just saw and a couple so, pictures of it and I can sell it's easily over 500 pounds. Yeah. And, uh, so we finally got it in yesterday. And so, and I actually, before you guys just messaged me, I was squishing my first piece of Damascus, which I had to ask Noah. Like, I had some questions. I'm like, what do you think I should make? And you steered me the right way, I think. And so I'm doing a 32 layer. Well, right now it's 32 layers. I'm probably going to try to triple it at least. Um, I still haven't gotten into any super high layer, um, mainly because I just fancy low layer. Like, I'm not into this million layer stuff where you can't tell the detail. I want thick, bold lines. That's just kind of how I roll. I like them. I thick like them thick and bold. And That's the way I like them, dude. Yeah. I agree. But so, yeah, I'm super stoked about it. Also, it's <laughs> my first billet um, out of the Apollo Forge. So 
I'm kind of excited. Oh, badass, about dude. I, I mean, I've been heating up stuff and pounding steel, but I've been waiting to get the press because, you know, I mean, it's been, what, two months since uh, Blade Show, I think, May, mm-hmm. June? Yeah. I can't remember when June. it was. But yeah. Just well, awesome, stuff. dude. I'm super happy for you. That is, that is going to be fantastic. Once you finally have the ability to squish stuff, it just changes everything. So, and that's, it's an actual forging press that's set up for forging, right? It's an electrohydraulic. And, and it, uh, it takes a little bit more bite than I thought. So I don't, I haven't ruined anything yet, but I was like, Oh, you know, cause I've been working on a pneumatic, like an air over hydraulic bottle Jack Harbor freight press, which has worked, but it's only, it only squishes so much where this is just like, like I can squish a lot with it, which is kind of, kind of fun. But that's what I tell myself with my because I have the, the coal iron works 12 ton and it's it's enough pressure to where you can squish steel together and you can move steel pretty fast. But it's just enough to where it keeps me out of trouble where I'm not going to ruin stuff too easily. Whereas your 24 ton, I'll, I'll bet that can go straight through something in a hurry if you're not careful. Oh, yeah. Well, and I've already kind of like that first little press on it. Well, I pressed with flat dies um, to get my initial weld. I did that a few times. And then I went to my, like a rounding die and it's a huge, it's probably a four inch bar that's split in half and Mm -hmm. um, put on top of each other. And I was thinking, oh, this won't be as aggressive, you know, (laughs) I'm like, oh crap, (laughs) you know, so right in the middle of it, just, but all the welds held so far. So I think I'm going to be good. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited about it, though. See, when you do stuff like that, that's when you get to when even a random pattern starts to look cool is because you're causing all that distortion by moving all that metal quickly. If you're trying to create a specific pattern, it's not so good. You need to kind of move it slowly and and pay attention to the way that your layer is reacting. But if you're just doing something that's kind of random, you just kind of want to make it look cool. Doing stuff like that is how you're going to get that big movement in those layers to create something interesting in the uh, in the end pattern. Well, and that's my where I might go with it is just random because, you know, we were messaging earlier. Um, I can't ever choose what pattern I want to do. Maybe it's because I'm just indecisive in every aspect of my life. Um, but like I just, you know, do I do I do a twist? Do I do, you know, try to do a ladder pattern? Well, I know ladders don't work well with a little layer, but that's why I'm, I might go a little higher or, you know, I don't know. what I don't know what I'm going to yeah. do. Maybe I'll just do W's. I've just have done fun. W's before, yeah. But speaking of all this Damascus and Sandmine talk, it's been uh, I've been using Sandmine and Damascus more and more and more, and it's been like a obsession curve for me because I obsess over straight lines. You know what I mean in mono steel? Like I like straight crisp lines, and that's not really feasible like aesthetically on a Samai or a Damascus because the whole point of it is like random and with Samai the layers are squished into each other you know what I mean so you get like like that knife that we're collabing on it looks like mountains and shark it, like, teeth yeah it like fucks up my brain that's what I'm like, here for optical I'm illusion like, for you. yeah I'm like oh I need straight lines and those are not straight those are the opposite of straight they're gay well, lines. It, it, <laughs> Brigham. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just teasing. 
Just teasing. I was going to say, I, I could have just forged it straight together without putting any pattern into it, but I like the little, you know, I like to keep no, it I'm, crazy and interesting. I'm glad you did. This knife could be my, my Holland's Opus. You know what I mean? It could be the nicest knife I've ever made. I am could proud be. to be a part of that, if that's the case. I I I think so, anyways. And, but, like, uh, also on that, Pickle told me that I have to hand sand it. And I was planning on hand sanding it until he told me that. And then I was like, my, Ryan, my fucking nerve. <laughs> you really don't have to hand sand it. In fact, I would encourage you not to hand sand it. Why? That's not a knock on pickle. That's my fucking divergent brain being like somebody told me to do something. So now I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> type deal. That's why, that's why I'm I mean. telling you to do it, to not do it. Oh, oh cause, okay, you, cause your brain works the same way. I, you know, I think all of us to a certain extent might have that a little bit, but some of us, some of us definitely more than others. Right. But yeah, yeah don't hand sand it. I've don't got do that it, Ryan. Don't it's do it. The, it's in the etch right now. <laughs> I yeah, also I'll learned see. that. Okay, hold on. I also learned that uh, Gator Piss makes a unique pattern on stainless sand mine that looks like galvanizing. And I'm not sure if I should keep it or not, because when I think galvanized, I think poison. Yeah, I think poison. you definitely sand it off. So this is something that I learned. Yep. I I learned this a while ago is because (laughs) when I was experimenting with different types of etchants, whether it's having like vinegar in with ferric or like a straight uh, vinegar, sorry, not vinegar straight, um, like a ferric and distilled water mix and stuff like that. If you get too strong of a mix, it starts to almost give like a crystalline structure to the, the stainless on the cladding. Cause I've done a lot of stainless sand mine in the past. And so I've experimented with different ways of etching it and stuff. And so Ryan and I were talking about this a little bit before the, before the show. And, um, Curtis, is it Hagland? Brigham, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah. Blades? Um, yeah. Free. It's ha- I'm not Hayland. sure if I'm saying Hayland. I apologize if I'm ruining somebody's last name it. here. Yeah. Hold on. But, uh, anyways, so the way that he etches his, uh, sand, my blaze is really unique is I'm sorry. Holland. Holland. Okay. Um, the way that he etches his blades, I, I saw he posted this a while ago and I thought it was really unique is he'll finish the blade and he'll finish like the whole knife, the handle, everything as, as you would a mono steel blade. And then he goes back in with like a cotton ball dipped in ferric and he'll do just the edge. And so then you're not getting any distortion on the stainless itself. You're just getting that etch on the edge where you want it. And I've just never had the balls to, to finish a knife and then worry about the edge afterwards, you know, like that's, I always get the blade 100% done aside from sharpening before I even think about putting a handle on. Like I put my maker's mark on everything. Ooh, that's pretty. That looks any, great. Any of you guys listening See what on I mean? oh, audio only fucking need to go over to the water YouTube. on my laptop. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, Bzz, yeah. You'll want to go over to YouTube. Out. See what I mean about the what it, yeah. what it does to the stainless? Yeah, the edge looks it does dope. Kind of, I know. So that was I started in Gator Piss, and the edge wasn't getting dark enough. It was etching the stainless faster because that shit's super aggressive. So then I 
pulled it right out of the gator piss, didn't even clean it off, and I stuck it in the ferric. And it's been in the ferric for about an hour. You must have a really light you do a ferric. a long time. Yeah. What's, I, your, uh, I, what's your strength mix in your ferric? Uh, it's a two-gallon bin, and it's about 50-50 straight ferric and white vinegar. But I've also etched probably 200 blades in that batch. Okay. So it's probably getting down. It's old. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was going to say, an yeah, hour in a mixture like that, there shouldn't be any carbon left on it. It should have just etched it completely off. Jeez. That's the like same batch the that I, the ocean. Exactly. I etched an ABL knife for a week in it. And that was the one I, I left a piece of Timber Tiger Damascus in there overnight. And when I pulled it out, it was like, it looked like it fucking came out of the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh man. Davy Jones's knife. Yeah, I I probably I put my knives in the in the ferric for maybe a half hour most of the time, maybe. Um but I don't even do that long. Yeah. I've I've done some where I'll leave them in like my um solution that I use to get my blades really black. I have to rename it now. Those of you who listen to the episode <laughs> with the Baker Forge go boys know what I'm talking about. But I have a certain yeah. solution of ferric that I use to get my my blades really black before I stonewash them. And I've had them before where I I get too distracted working on something else where I've got those in there and I go back and the the blades like the sides of the blades are like textured. Like you can physically feel the texture in the blade um, from where it was starting to eat it away. So you got to be really careful with that, at least in my case. But apparently Ryan doesn't have that issue. Well, but wasn't uh, Tobias last week saying that actually aids in food release and some other things, which I thought was pretty interesting that I've never really yes. thought about. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I thought it was that. kind of interesting. After he said that, I thought about it, and it makes a lot of sense because you're etching, you're making tiny little divots, like yeah. divots, lower spots. Yeah. So, in essentially, like you're not, you don't have a smooth surface anymore, so that you're not actually, it's not actually able to create that vacuum seal that uh, that potatoes, especially, will do. But how do you guys get anyways. your oxides to stick? So neutralize they stay nice and black. Neutralize and wax. Oh, that's it. There we go. I got that's her all, all wiped do. off. What do you think, Brigham? I mean, that, Should I take off take off that texturing on the same? Cool. I think it's kind of cool. I think it needs to come off. I don't know, man. I, I like it though. No matter what you do, it's gonna come out cool. But yeah, it, maybe you take it off. I don't know. I Not mean, all I gotta do. All I got to do is hit it on the scotch bright and then just re-etch it in the ferric. Yeah, well, or just coffee or orange juice. Has anybody tried the orange juice since Tobias said that? No, okay, but it so, makes me want to run to the store after we get off the podcast and go get some. Yeah. So the first um, Damascus I ever made, which I have in the kitchen still, just a little paring knife. Um, I I did it in lemon juice and orange juice. Really? Yeah. Like only? Like that was your only etch yeah. or was it after ferric? That was my only etch. I know I didn't have ferric yet. Gotcha. Uh, How did it turn out? Did it turn out good? Uh, let me go grab it. I'll be right back. Oh my gosh, we got everybody's getting up and walking away from the camera today. It's show and tell. It's show and tell. This is the YouTube episode for those of you who have never watched our our podcast on YouTube. Today's the day. 
there's some epoxy in the bottom of the handle, but that's the gotcha. handle. Oh, yeah. That's going to look dope when it's finished, man. I'm excited uh, to see it. I know. I feel like, is it straight? Now that I'm looking at it, it's not that pretty at all. <laughs> a, a random but like you can see that 15 and 20 in there yeah right? no you can see the contrast for sure yeah but so yeah that's lemon juice and, and then a couple of years worth of wear um sure o- opening random things like you can see it's too thick to be of any use and the handle's not comfortable and you can see that's my that was my logo back in the day uh-huh. um but that I was like that story. logo. What's up? Why'd you it's get a, rid of that? Well, because it's coyote concrete, but then people said it looks like a mastodon. Um, so it's like the it, basically my my coyote concrete is a C with a coyote head on the top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing that. You look at that and it looks like a mastodon or something, something weird. Mm-hmm. What, what's your new logo? It's just BK. Just, just you should a, do a a little fat man stick figure. A fat man stick figure? That's actually a good idea. Fat man. You well, should, uh, yeah. I don't know. You should, do a BK, a, you should do a BK with a crown. <laughs> yep. Have it your way. Um, no, everybody says that's what the BK already looks like, too. So that was kind of. I know. So just that's, own it. Yeah, that's kind of like been the hard thing is because. You know, I, I went and um, I was going to do nine toe forge, which right here I actually have like a little stamp that only has four toes on it because I ground off the little pinky toe. <laughs> I put that leather, right? Um, and I told Jason Knight, oh, I think I'm going to do nine toe, toe forge. And he he's pretty much like, you're stupid if you do that. Go with your name. <laughs> so I've been, you know, just using my name, but. It's kind of hard to stamp Brigham Kindell on every knife. And so I've just had a hard time coming up with something, you know. But just, I love just Jason's your... honesty. I, lo- I like oh, yeah. uh, his little reels he does where he's like, if you quench in a PVC pipe or a tube that's too small, you're an idiot. Yep. <laughs> that's him, man. He's like the realest guy ever. And that's what I love about him. You need to just do your first name or your last name. Just one or the other. Just on your blade that's it just your name yeah if my last name if my last name wasn't bloomberg i would just use my last name like if i had like a cool name like oh i don't know knight i mean come on yeah honestly i think kendall's a pretty cool last name too like i would do that thank you thank you if i was everybody it was me announces it wrong that with my first name and all that kind of fun stuff but yeah yeah I get that too. And I'll so. probably do that. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about getting a hot stamp and I'll probably just have Kindle in the hot stamp. But yeah, there you go. I like we'll, that. We'll see. Yeah. Like Noah Vashon is just Vashon with like some lines on the outside. Again, somebody with a badass last name. Vashon. That's a super common name around here though. Oh, is it really? Really? Oh yeah. I know four or five Vashons. Yeah. Oh. Not including Noah. Just in my yeah. local area, Vash, this is Vashon's all over okay, New England. So how was it meeting him the other day? Awesome. Yeah, that's right. Ryan, let's, uh, you went to the 
New England School of Metalwork. Let's hear a little. W- w- hang on one second. Let's let's get an ad in here first um, for Maritime Knife Supply um, because you actually met him while you were there again. So let's throw that ad in there and then let's hear all about your experience at the New England School of Metalwork. Okay. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Goosesses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Eh? Thanks, Luke. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence is awesome. I got to ride in his car. Ooh. Oh. Because we Aren't went out to lucky? dinner. I was only there Saturday. It was a three-day event, and I only went for one day. Um, but, yeah. It so was awesome. tell us about it. So what, what classes did you take? Um, who else did you hang out with? What, what, uh... I took the first class that I was in was with... I can't remember the guy's name now. Chris Gibbs, I think was his name. Okay. But it was a, it was a Hamon class. He's the guy that does the crazy mountains or like waves and Hamones. Oh, GC knives. Yeah. Yes. Greg, uh, Greg, Greg Sims. Sims. That's what it is. Greg. I th- I don't know why I thought Gibbs. Um, oh yeah, my gosh. Hey. That guy does phenomenal work. I love that guy's stuff. So I took his Hamon class and it was me. Lawrence, a bunch of guys I didn't know, and Josh Prince. And I got to meet the fucking, the king, Josh Prince. (laughs) His work is amazing. I got to hold one of his cleavers. Nice. I was like, oh my god, look at this thing. Didn't you meet him at Blade Show? I didn't. Noah met him. Okay. He, when I was at at the Ameribraid booth on Friday when he was there, there was about a thousand people around the Ameribraid booth. So him and I like made contact, eye contact over the oh, crowd, right. or at least I creepily thought we did. <laughs> and then, uh, but I didn't get to meet him. Um, but then I, as soon as I walked into the class at the New England School of Metalwork, he was standing next to Lawrence, and I was like, "Holy shit, you're Josh Prince." He's like, "Yep, nice <laughs> to meet you." He's a super nice guy. Super, super cool. nice. Super nice guy. And Noah is just as cool as I had imagined. He talked to me like we've known each other for years. And he's awesome. He actually gave me some advice yesterday on something. He's just like, it helps that it helps that he looks just like one of my best friends. Like I, I put that picture in a group chat, me and all my brothers have, and they went, holy shit. (laughs) They're like, it's good. Orin. You got to take uh, two pictures side by side so we can see it. Yeah, there we go. We need oh, to see what him and, Oh, yeah. Him and Oren. Yeah. So what else like did you... e- he's like evil Noah Vachon. <laughs> <laughs> got the he's dark the and the light Did yeah, you take any like, other classes there? Um, I took knife design with Salem Straub. Oh, man. And I met, like? Sa- I met Salem. It's pretty cool. It was more like theory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like do this design. It was he was talking about all designs. It was like, and why he does the things he does, or the so way was it he centered does. mostly around culinary knives or 
Yeah. Different? Yeah. Okay. It went, it went over like designing your chef knives around a center line and things like that, which are things that I had never heard of. So, so like, aesthetics he, and functionality and how they play together, that sort of thing or. Yeah. So like he drew a line on the board and then he drew his knife where that line crosses the tip all the way down through the center of the handle to the end of the handle to the tank. Well, that sounds super interesting. I'd love to take a class from him someday. I don't know if, uh, I don't know how often he does them, but uh, that would be phenomenal. I know some guys in my area that have taken classes from him because he's in sort of in my area up here in Washington. Mm-hmm. So, um, any other classes or just those two? I took a sheath making class for leather sheaths, and it was a guy from Maine. Oh. Um, and that was pretty. I I. I've been overthinking it, I think, for a long time. Gosh, gotcha. so is that something you're going to try and get into now that you've taken that class? I have everything. I remember you saying that. So I have a, I have leather. I've got thread. I got everything already. Yeah. So I think I'm. I kind of got to. He made a sheath in front of us in like an hour. Dang. He's like, like boom, boom, sews it up by hand right in front of us. I'm like, you made that look so fucking easy, bro. <laughs> well, the sewing part's like easy. That's that's what I like to do to calm down. I'll just sit in front of the TV and sew, like sew that leather together. It's not it's not rocket engineering. Well, thanks, Brigham. <laughs> it's well for me, it's the design, right? The leather mm-hmm. tooling. If you get into tooling, that's where I blow chunks. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and I would I'm like actually to be good at spending time. I actually have a little bit of an announcement because I'm going to try to make a leather sheath. And the reason that I'm going to try to make a leather sheath is because I have this knife, which is the first integral knife that I have finished. And it's a Damascus integral. And it's just kind of like a camp knife, like Hunter. But it just doesn't. It's one of those knives where you look at it and you're like, I don't see this in a Kydex sheath. And so I didn't want to do a Kydex sheath for it. So I'm, I have the leather like Ryan, I have all the tools. Um, I just never have forced myself to do it. So I'm going to force myself to make a leather sheath for this. And the reason I'm going to is because I'm going to be donating this knife to do a fundraiser. And guys, I know there's a lot of fundraisers going on. I know that there's a lot of raffles or waffles or, or things going on. And I apologize. I know we're tired. I know everyone is tired, but uh, the reason that I'm doing this, this is I've only done one raffle before and I've participated in other uh, fundraisers and stuff, but I've never actually run one before. I'm doing a raffle because one of my best buddies in the world uh, has cancer. Um, I, I, I don't think I can stress to you guys how much this individual means to me. Um, this is one of my best friends that I've ever had in my life. Um, it's my hunting buddy. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the people that you have in your life that would do anything for you. Um, he and I have had near death experiences together and we've come out of them on top. So, uh, to just randomly hear one day that he had cancer was a bit of a shock to me. And so it's been a little bit of a process. Um, he just had surgery the other day. I took him to the hospital. I went and I picked him up from the hospital. Um, it's been a little bit of a trip 
for me to have somebody that close to me go through this. Um, we're pretty sure he's going to be okay. Um, so he, there was two sections that he had to have cut out. Um, he's got a long road to recovery. He's completely out of work for the period of time that he's going to be healing. And he still has to do uh, radiation and um, something else. I can't remember. It's not, it's not chemo, but it's, it's something else. Anybody, anybody that's dealt with this knows what I'm talking about. It's a process takes a long time and it costs a ton of money. Um, the dude's going to be in a massive hole. Um, so I want to raise some money to try and help him out. I am going to be putting up this Damascus integral knife. I'm going to make a leather sheath for it. The first leather sheath I've ever made. Uh, so hopefully it won't be complete dog shit, but you never know. Um, so at, when this airs, I will have a post up on my Instagram with pictures of the knife. I'll throw up a picture of me and my buddy. Um, so you guys know where to go. Uh, I'm going to, I want to try and do it on PayPal friends and family so that there's no fees that get taken out. So everything that I raise can go straight to him. Um, but I'm also going to put a, like an item, like a donation item on my website. Uh, there'll just be a small fee taken out automatically on my website. Cause that's just the way that that works. Anybody who's done that knows how that works. But anyways, uh, I'll make a post. You can go see the post on my Instagram. I'll pin it if I can. And it'll be shared in my stories, all that jazz. Um, if you can, it's going to be 10 bucks, 10 bucks a spot, unlimited spots. Uh, I'm going to run it until, uh, I can't remember the date, but early, early August. Um, so not very long, but I want to run it long enough to where anybody who can help out, I would appreciate it. Um, so anyways, and you get a chance to win my first Damascus integral knife that has some badass black spalted maple on the handle, um, from flying shark knives. So anyways, I've talked long enough. Let's just go ahead and leave it at that. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm just trying to trying to help out a buddy who's going through a really, really tough time. That's awesome of you. Um, yeah, that's awesome. One of my best friends actually died of cancer at like 34 and uh sucks you know sorry but anything you can do to help those people those are the people who need help you know yeah so yeah i mean you we've all been through through tough times and it just it's always the people that don't i mean I don't know. Everybody's got different viewpoints on, on, on life and everything, but you know, the, the people who, who really deserve to have a little bit of an easier time, those are the kinds of people that usually have it the worst, you know, and it sucks to see people who, who have your back all the time, go through really tough stuff like that. For sure. Everybody in my family dies of cancer. I uh, have pretty, I pretty much like come to terms with the fact that's probably how I'm going to go. Like everyone, everybody Jeez. in my family dies from cancer. Mm, I think, well. I think, I don't think I've ever met somebody who hasn't been affected by cancer. It's, in it's freaking everywhere. Or man. Another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it all boils down to our environment, right? And we're just going to see more and more. We got, you know, we're glued to our cell phones and stuff that emit radiation and, foods that have all sorts of crazy chemicals in them and you know it's i don't know but then again we all die more of driving around than anything else so yeah um, you know you just gotta live your life and move forward and be the best human being you can be
our food's That's a big all I strive to do. Oh yeah, super big problem. Super yeah, problem. but yet I'm still drinking sodas, and who knows what the sucralose I know. laden <laughs> crap is. And yeah, I'm, cr- I'm crushing a soda right now. Yeah. Uh, so did I you know my that he- my, my zero right there? <laughs> yeah. Did you know uh, humans didn't have crooked teeth until like 400 years ago? I read that or not read that. I watched that on a, a video about how uh, their jaw bones were so much or their jaw muscles were so sh- much stronger, which something, something. I don't know. That's kind of because we used to be carnivores. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have, like have to eat things that weren't made in a factory. That were never used to have, have to have our wisdom teeth removed because our jaws were big enough to accommodate the wisdom teeth. And that's why they were there for extra crushing power to crush bones mm-hmm. and all the. I ooh. had mine out. I think everybody, all, everybody's had them out, man. All four of them in one, yeah. in one swoop. Same here. Fun. Me too. Yeah, that's the way to Good do stuff. it. They just Get it over with. Sleep. Yeah, you wake up. You got. They're gone. It's a couple. It's like a yeah. It's like a week of shitty healing, but using a squirt bottle any, to get all the yeah. food out of the holes in your mouth. I didn't have any of that like additional pain afterwards. I, some people say it's fucking excruciating for like weeks, but I healed right up and no issues. I've had a lot of dental surgeries. I got. Whoa. Yeah. You got to show them that. Do the, do it again. No, I, look, I've, I've seen it. Oh, you have? I've never seen it. Yeah. That. <laughs> That's awesome. How'd you lose I mean, the first time I saw your toes? I lost. <laughs> I lost both sets actually in the same way. So my baby teeth, I don't know how old I was. Probably I had to have been like three or four and I was riding on the pegs of some other neighborhood kid's bike and I fell off. I fell off the bike and I knocked out my two front teeth, my baby teeth, my adult teeth grew in and it was around like the Olympics time. I was five or six and I had one hand on the counter and one hand on the back of the chair and I was swinging my legs. And I was like, mom, look, I'm in the Olympics. And I swung my legs like way out and the chair fell and I fucking ate the floor. Smash. Yeah. Broke them both off with the gum line. Yeah. They, they, yeah, it was a whole ordeal for like a lot of years. And then uh, they couldn't save the teeth. And I was like 14, 15 years old. And they were like, pull them. Jeez. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. I haven't bit into an apple. In 23 years. Because you like physically can't with that or. Yeah, that's just a plastic prosthetic. This is actually uh, the one from when I was 14 because I broke my other one. I was (laughs) eating a piece of stale pizza out here like a couple months back and my and the tooth just goes poop and pops off. And I super glued it back on a few times, but. That gets old real quick. Well, I tell you what, when you pull that pull that shelf out of there you look pretty much like the the picturesque picture of a florida man and with that in mind do you guys want to play some fake news no tooth awesome my two feet came off yeah and all the rest of my teeth that are missing are all on the top and it's all from grinding my teeth in my sleep that's what i do yeah it's bad i already woke up yeah, let's bring on the floor. Enough of this dentistry talk. 
Hey, I mean, if people want to listen to us talk about our crappy teeth, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, Brigham, you want to play some fake news? Heck yeah. I'm going to play a little, little bit of fake news here. All right, guys. Well, for any new listeners out there, we play a game called Fake News. I have three stories in front of me. You lovely listeners at home, Ryan and Brigham, are going to have to guess which one of these three is fake. Facade, satire, fake news entirely. The other two, unfortunately, for the future of mankind, are real. They actually happened. And uh, here we go. We start off with cocaine sharks may be feasting on drugs dumped off the coast of Florida, including ketamine, methamphetamines, and cocaine. Next up, Florida man accused of using Kool-Aid packets to steal $994 worth of merchandise. And lastly, Florida man, nicknamed the Gator Guardian, turns front lawn into thriving alligator sanctuary. Last one's totally believable. Out of these three, which one do you guys believe is the fake news? I kind of believe them all. Okay, okay, Ryan. Would uh, would Noah throw us like a swerve and give us all not fake news? No, I would not do that. Oh, dang it. No, he does not violate the rules of the game. Does not violate the rules of the game. So, okay. on, on, like, if we were playing Florida Man or Fraud, I've been known to throw all Florida in there, and I've also been known mm-hmm. to put no Florida whatsoever. But this is yeah. a different game. This is fake news. There has to be one fake story in here, and one of them is oh. indeed fake. Okay, so the first one is packets of cool. Or no, that wasn't the first one, but the the first one's drug got, sharks. Yeah, we got cocaine sharks. So, Florida man using Kool Aid packets to steal merchandise, or the Gator Guardian turning his front lawn into a thriving alligator sanctuary. I don't so, understand how you can steal merchandise with Kool-Aid packets. You could steal steal diamonds or something small in Kool-Aid packets. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just stick it in your pocket? Then you got to take out a Kool-Aid packet and drop it in the Kool-Aid packet and then roll and put it in your pocket instead of just putting whatever you're stealing in your pocket. See, this is difficult because I want to interject on all these things you guys are saying about the different stories, but I got to keep my mouth shut because anything that I say can and will be used against me. Because like like with the shark one, I could see how a news organization would be super worried about that. You know, sharks running around all high and stuff. Dude, it's I mean, very, yeah, it's very like, uh, you thought cocaine bear was uh, bad. Wait till you see cocaine shark. Meth, meth shark. <laughs> meth yeah. shark. That'd probably be worse. The methlodon. <laughs> the methlodon. The great white stands for the white powder, not uh, not the color of the shark. Right. That that makes me think of uh, um, War War Crown. He, Jason Statham, is using his knives in uh, Expendables Four. I saw oh, that. that. Was so badass, that. dude! Congratulations to Justin. That's pretty, pretty stinking awesome, man. Yeah, good um, on you, man. That's fucking amazing. That's badass. Yeah, I we met that guy at Blade, uh, Ryan, um, 
and he seems like a really cool dude and he does some phenomenal cool. work. I'm always seeing his reels pop up. He's killing the social media game. He's always got some really great reels and he cranks out like it seems like a ton of knives and his stuff is always really interesting and unique. Yep. Should I share okay. the secret about Instagram I found? You should oh, wait, but we're after doing... we're done playing this game. Yeah, we're in a game. I, I oh, spoiled man. us. I'm sorry. Um I'm going <laughs> I'm going Kool Aid is fake. What happens Actually, when you bring three ADHDers on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows I will well, go off on tangents for hours. At what were we talking about? Like, so, you know what I mean? Cocaine sharks, Kool Aid packets, or the Gator Guardian? I agree with Brigham. It is the Kool Aid packets. Final answer, both of you? Final answer. Yeah. Meh. Oh, it's the, the Gator fake, Guardian, isn't it? The fake story is the Gator Guardian. Oh, dang so, it. I knew it. First off, let me give some credit here. Zachary Sowell from Pattern Nostri Fabrica sent us in the Gator Guardian. I believe he wrote this one himself. He had a whole article that he had written. But here's the thing about fake news is the fake no news way. ones. I don't read the whole article because that's just too much information to like you catch on to the fake ones really easily. So. I only read just the headlines for the fake news. Um, so shout out to him. I really appreciate the effort that he took to doing that one. And the brilliant thing that. was, is that it was extremely believable because it's Florida. The Kool-Aid packets was sent in by Brian Hunt of Hidden Rose Forge. Thank you, sir. And Cocaine Sharks was actually sent in to me a couple people, but the first person was David Burke of OLC Knives. So thank you, all of you lovely people, for seeing Cocaine Sharks and then immediately thinking of me. That's it's fantastic. I love that. And so Brian Hunt did the CAD files for me on my new EDCs. So I need to reach out. That. I need He's to reach out to him guy. because I want to do that as well. So I need I need to talk to him. My brain has been a freaking basket case lately full of eight million things. So I haven't been able to, like, keep any thoughts straight. So I need to do that. So thank you for reminding me. Um, but yeah. Brian helped um, me uh, heat treat this guy. This damn nice. deal. That's yeah. badass, dude. So I just wanted to let you guys know how you steal stuff using Kool-Aid packets because you were confused by that. He was using the self-checkout and he had a Kool-Aid packet cupped in his palm. So while he was scanning items, he was just pretending to scan them and then scanning the Kool-Aid packets instead so all the expensive items were just going right in the shopping bag, and then only the Kool-Aid packets were what was being scanned. Oh, see, I'm not sympathetic to the store, though, because I fucking hate self-checkout, and I think we should get an employee discount <laughs> checking ourselves out. I feel like anything they lose through a self-checkout, that's on you for being cheap and fucking taking away jobs. Sons of bitches. And then they check your receipt at the door. To make sure you ain't a thief. So is that and how he I got hate, caught? And, and I don't, I don't, I don't. You think I read the whole thing and like I, I can't? I don't have time for that. Oh, um, I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> maybe that is I'm, how he I'm got sure caught. I'm sure that either that or they have a camera on every single one of those. So who knows? Maybe it just he got caught that way. I don't know. I heard they were um, using like AI to check things too. Like it'll scan their cart. I don't know. Geez. Lots of theories. Lots of going theories. all out. Don't Buy steal local. stuff, kids. Buy local and don't steal stuff. Buy local. Fuck Walmart. <laughs> dude, I hate Walmart. Oh, dude. Maybe once a year I'll go. My wife will get me to go. 
I can't do it. Like so I just going to Walmart makes me wish for an asteroid impact. I'm I'm telling you, Maynard had it right. <laughs> you did. Um. So quick shout out. Uh, so uh, the guys that uh, sent in the guy that sent in uh, the cocaine shark once, David Burke from LLC Knives. He actually came up to my shop yesterday, and uh, we made some Kydex because he hasn't done Kydex before. And he had a customer that really wanted a sheath for one of his knives. And so it's like one of those things where you, like you want to start something, but you don't know what you need until you kind of get into it. So it was really cool. He came up and uh, he brought me some homemade pickles and some homemade beef jerky. And I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we made some sheaths and we played around with the laser a little bit. And uh, so shout out to him. He's a great dude. And yeah, so it was, it was really cool to have a, a fellow maker working with me. You know, I've never done that before. And so we were and making some Kydex. LLC and... stands for one-legged coot, I think, right? Yes, yeah. that is correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so we lasered his one-legged coot design onto some Kydex to play around with that. He's going to... Um... Does he only have one leg? He was walking on two, but I don't know. It was Maybe one of them's fake. David, if you're listening to this, I need to know if you have a fake leg. Because he was wearing he's wearing long pants and boots, so I have no idea. Right, right. The prosthetics now are pretty impressive. So that could be. I didn't even think of that. That'd be cool. I should have. You get a robot leg, dude. That'd be badass. I just call myself Terminator at that point. You guys have to. What did I want? What did I want to talk about? Speaking of ADHD, not a clue, man. <laughs> We're gonna listen back to this. And be like, oh yeah, that's what he wanted to talk about. Oh, that's right. Uh, let's go ahead and shout out uh, our uh, abrasive sponsor real quick. Sure. Since oh, I know what I want to talk about. Sweet. I, I dropped an EDC this week. Ooh, that's right. Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com. Click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle & Grind use every day. When you check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. Yes. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. I, I, I always word like... This the ad reads and, and I think they're great. He did a great job. His episode was really good too, by the way. Yeah, we love Luke. Yeah, he's a character. Uh, so I dropped an EDC this week. Two of them actually, but they're basically the same knife, just different blade lengths. What do you guys think of them? Did you like them? Tell me the truth. You, I have broad shoulders. So I can take it. Brigham, you go ahead and go first. What did you think of his EDC? Um, I liked him. You sent them to me the day before. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you really, or not the day before you released them, but you were saying you were going to release them. Um, I, I think they look great. And I, uh, I mean, as long as it cuts, um, I think it's going to do well. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, they, they look great. I'm going to have to go look at them again, though. I'll have, uh, on here. I got the handle material in yesterday. So what are you going to do for the handle material? Uh, brown or black canvas micarta. Hmm, would, nice. I wanted to keep the option simple. You know what I mean? Because like, oh, you have to. Right, like an EDC. If you're 
any handle you want, you might as well just be doing customs. Yep. And absolutely. Unless you're freaking the, bald man. And then you can just like make everything perfect and the exact same and do like all different types of handle materials. That guy's nuts. I love his stuff. Yeah. yeah. The thicker clippers. But even See, he will tell are, you, he'll, he'll tell you people don't know what they want. And so the, the simpler you keep it, the, the easier it is. Like he was one right. of the first people to, to say that on this podcast. Yeah. And he's a hundred percent correct. People don't like options. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they're like me. I, I already said I'm indecisive as all crap. Uh, you know, I'll get out. Um, mm-hmm. Give me too many options and my brain's going to fr- frizzle fizzle. I, I know everybody and their brother is dropping EDCs right now. And that's kind of why I dropped it. Cause I've been, I've been brainstorming this for months, like a couple months before blade show. And I had like three different iterations that I never posted because I wasn't, you know, and they ended up, I, I'm not making those ones. You know, you make a couple, you're like, I don't like grinding these or you make them and you're like, I repeatability's not there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So these were the ones that I went with and I don't usually name my knives, but I thought the name was fitting. It's the signet, which is a baby swan in case anybody didn't know. I did not know that. I was wondering why you went with that. I always thought yeah, it was like the ring thing. Like when you do your stamp, you know, nope. spelled differently. Uh, yeah. It's with a C uh, a signet's a baby know. swan. And so the three and a half inch blade is the regular one and the two and a half inch blade is the runt runt with a t on the end yeah runt like runt Runt. of the litter gotcha yeah so uh, in case the listeners are thinking that oh go ahead sorry sorry i was gonna say i really like the swoop back to it you know like kind of like drop point ish um without yeah having a clip because everybody's doing a clip not that there's anything wrong with that um, but you know, I, I just yeah. like how you're going like a more traditional vibe with it. Yeah. It's going to be rounded spine single, you know, it's, it's, it's simple, but that's how I'm able to keep the price point low too. And people are probably going to be mad at me, but that's okay. <laughs> so what I was going to say is in case the listeners were thinking that I like, I sidestepped Ryan's question about, uh, my opinion on them. Um, cause I have any untoward thoughts about it. I just went ahead and go ahead and let you know that that's not the case. I already gave Ryan my opinion on the knives and I was very complimentary because I, I think that Ryan did something with his EDC that some people fail to do, which is he brought a level of elegance to a simple EDC that I think makes his unique and I'm not bad mouthing anyone else's. I mean, mine are very simple and utilitarian. My, my shotgun or V twos, like they're not, particularly elegant like they're just made to shotgun beers and cut stuff open boxes you know um but i think ryan's are really unique in the fact that they have a, a an, an element of elegance to them and i think that you can definitely when you look at it you can see that the influence of a swan is there between the handle shape and just the the, the elegant swoop that the the knife blade itself has um so you can definitely tell that he put a lot of design thought and everything into them so when they do drop, I, I would recommend that you buy one of my V2s first, and then you can go and buy one of Ryan's. Um, oh, they're dropped. I'm, ta- well. I'm, I'm taking pre-orders right now. Okay, well, so. you should still buy one of mine first. But, um, 
I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I, Go buy one of Ryan's EDCs. Um, they're badass. I, I, I really like I, them. Oh. I have your shotgunner V2 and I love it. I carry it all the time. So that's awesome. Thank you. And man. it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I like how it's thick. I feel like I can actually use it without destroying it. If you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, and Ryan has something are- on his knife that I want to discuss and it, because it. it came up when I was talking to, I, I'm just going to throw his name out there. James Rodeball, who's a master Smith and he's in charge of, teaching at the the uh, American Bladesmith Society. So I got to meet him up at the Stone Mountain Forge when they had their um, hammer in. Really awesome guy. I just totally dig this guy. He's super cool. But he was talking about this section right here. And that's where where your, um, I guess you can call it your choil or, you know, where your, um, your grinds your come in. Your finger choil. Yeah. Your, your plunge line. And he was saying this little section right here that sticks out away from the, the cutting surface. And he was actually looking at somebody else's knife that had that. And he's like, why are you doing this? And he said, you know, he's just like, oh, I just like the way it looked. Or And I'm like, well, it kind of, I like it because it doesn't let your finger ride up and get into the knife, right? It kind of, mm-hmm. to me, is a protection point. And he said, well, that's what guards are for or like actual finger choils, like swoops in there. And he says he hates those because they impede cutting and sharpening. And do you want me to tell you why I put it on there? Yeah, I want to know why. Because I use Kydex and that gives you a grab point for your Kydex instead of it hugging the blade and scratching your blade every time you pull it out, you can add a few layers of tape to your blade to make a barrier and then use that as the lock point on the Kydex. If I were going to do that knife in a leather sheath or without a sheath, I would delete that part and just have a sharpening choil. I, it has a sharpening choil too. Um, yeah, that's well, so I, I added the sharpening choil in front of it, but that's, that's the only reason I add those on any knife is to, if it's going to get Kydex. So it has a point to grab. Because also, if you're like with how these are bolt on handles, so I don't want that pressure on the scales. You know what I mean? Or if you're using like uh, a softer, delicate wood, if you have your Kydex grab your wood, it can chip when you push it in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's just my two cents. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, me too. Me too. That's why I'm kind of asking because I was I was thinking about it and it like totally makes sense. Like what he's saying, because yeah, like e- even though you know my sharpening point is up higher, right? It's still gonna have issues, you know. And even grinding it, I can see where I'm a little thicker down towards that area because it's just not getting to it, and that's what kind of causes that you know, your, your initial plunge to kind of swoop in and there's like that little thick spot, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the reason uh, yeah. that I do it because I do the same thing, I leave it, you know, if I'm doing a stock removal knife, I don't do it on culinary knives because I think that that's impeding your cutting surface in a culinary knife, but for an EDC or a hunting blade, I do it on every single knife and I do a sharpening choil in between where you've got the full thickness and the cutting edge so that that way you've got a gap of the space. So you know exactly where your sharpening ends. Um, so you're not running into that. 
the reason that I do it is because I like to have a full thickness choil where your first finger is going to be riding up against that handle. And then I round that area off. So it's nice and comfortable. If that was a full bevel, you're going to have a slightly sharper area down below. Even if you round it off for heavy use, I want that to be full thickness. And I like keeping my finger further away from the cutting edge because I've had people tell me on some of my earlier blades that you're, if you've got that bevel that your bevels go all the way back to your heel, that can be an issue with hitting your fingers on it. And I've had people tell me that. So that's why I do it. Um, I want to go run through one more thing really quick. And then I think we need uh, to switch over to an after show before you do if, that. If you're done, go ahead. What, so the EDCs, they're ADC every two. They're all stonewash bolt on handles. It's 150 if you buy one of them or two of them. It's 125 if you get three or more. And that's for either style. So hit me up on Instagram. They're not that's on my website. Yet. Too. That's a great price. Thanks, that's, Brigham. It's an excellent price point. Um, we're actually a little short on time today, so I'm going to go ahead and skip uh, what I was going to go over. Um, one Just of the episodes it. we did previously was we were talking about why we do what we do, and I got some really great responses from people. Uh, I really want to read through them, though, so I'm actually going to save that for next week or a later episode. Um, shout out to all the people who messaged me. Um, I will go over it, but we're going to skip it today. Um, lastly, before we leave, um, I just want to hear from everybody, you three, what I, I don't know if I'm going to make this like a normal thing. What's your favorite song this week? What have you been listening to in the shop? What's, what's getting you going when you need to, uh, when you need to work and get jamming? Um, Hmm. Hold on. Let me grab my phone. Oh, no. I got a quick phone answer down. for you. Let's hear My it. answer is I've been listening to podcasts while I was, uh, working today and I was listening to the art of craftsmanship, which Ryan was on, which was kind of fun. Was. And then, um, he was also on, or they also had, um, Chad Kimmel from, uh, C and, Oh, I forget what his, what's his C and, um, C or no summit and C smithing and yeah. Dennis Tyrell. And they were talking about their Project 22. Um, yes. Um, yeah. Quick shout out. So uh, there's another fundraiser going on that's really important right now. Um, Brigham, you said you, before we started the show, you had some details on this. Um, well, yeah, you I know, because I was listening to that podcast. But basically, you know, our, our friend Bob Rankin, unfortunately, his son, who was a Navy veteran, committed suicide. And um, you know, 22 veterans commit suicide. It, I don't know on how much of a basis this is. I hope it's not a daily basis. That'd be tragic. Well, anyways, any of it's tragic. But this foundation, um, you know, goes to help prevent that. And basically what's happened is Chad had some um, steel from 9-11 that he worked into a blade that has um, 22 layers. He and 5050 Forge created the um, the steel. And then I think at some point it got sent to Dennis Tyrell, who also worked on it and had some uh, cable from, I think, one of the ships that his son is serving on, something to that effect. But anyways, this knife is out for auction. 
and you can look up one of them for details and it's all going to go to help Bob and then um, to help cover funeral costs and stuff like that. Cause when you have somebody so young and so unexpected um, you know, most of the time they don't have all the insurances that an older individual has. And so it's going to go help him and anything that's extra, he's going to donate um, to something else, I believe, or, you know, back to the organization. So um, good cause, good, good guy raffle is what we like to call them. And so make sure you go, um, go to Bob Rankin's website where they have a sticker um, that you can purchase, which will enter you into the raffle. And it's a really cool sticker that they had a local uh, tattoo artist design. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really cool sticker that you want to have anyways. And it is, um, it is 22 a day. So there every, every day in the United States, there's a veteran um, 22 a day that commits suicide. So um, it's something that we don't talk about enough um, as a society. And this is just one of the, one of the very few ways that you can give back and, and try and show some love and appreciation. And once again, it, it just hits close to home because it's, it's one of our own. It's one of the people in our community. So, um, you can go check out pictures of the knives on Dennis Tyrell's, uh, Instagram. And then like, like Brigham said, if you go to Bob Rankin's website, that's where you can purchase a sticker, which is a donation, um, to contribute to that. So if you guys are able to do that, please do. Oh, but then my song is, uh, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. That, that, one was in my, that one was in my head today for some reason. So <laughs> I, I didn't listen to it, but I was singing it. So damn, going way back. Ryan, what you got? Oh, man. I don't know. See, I don't listen to hard stuff like you guys do. That's okay. We got listeners that listen to every different type of music. So throw out what you've been listening to. What have you been jamming? What have you been working in your workshop listening to? What, what's been getting you going this week? So I use YouTube music. Okay. And you ha- there's like a liked list. So anytime I like a song, <coughs> I hit like and it pop. It adds it to the top of my playlist. Mm-hmm. So there's Teddy Swims who he was the music on my last um, reel I just posted. Uh, Connor Price, who makes that song spinning, you know what I mean? He's like, he does those funny videos on Instagram where he like raps in his studio. Uh, Atlas is a really good artist. Chris Webby. Jelly Roll. Zach Bryan. Chris Webby, more Chris Webby. Snack the Ripper, Mercules. Yeah, I listen to some weird shit. What's yours, Noah? Wide, wide variety. All right, so I've got um, the one that I've been um, jamming to quite a lot is the song Abandon Us by Barry Tomorrow. And that's definitely like a, a metalcore song. But the reason I love it is because uh, it has a chorus that is a straight up disco beat. So... It's it's a very heavy metal song, but it's got it's got this really like catchy chorus that has like this. I mean, it's not a disco song, but the beat itself, like the drum beat is disco with like random like double bass thrown in there. And it's super cool. Um, And the. uh, The the song that has been absolutely getting me fired up is a cover of Every Time We Touch by the band Electric Callboy. 
And if, if any of the listeners out there know who Electric Callboy is, it is a party metal band. So it's metalcore mixed with electronic music, and their songs are hilarious and fun. And they do a cover of Every Time We Touch that is freaking amazing. It's, it's, it's going to be the best song you've ever listened to. I can just guarantee that right now. So whether you like metal music or not, you need to go listen to Every Time We Touch by Electric Callboy. And you will thank me. And with that, we are out of time. Uh, Brigham, is there anything else that you'd like to say to the listeners before we check out? Um, happy birthday to Timber Tiger Forge and to Steve Swarzer. So Chris Magnus, happy birthday. Steve Swarzer, happy birthday. So today's and I'm just, oh, yeah. And I'm just chopped liver to you. Thanks a lot. Noah's birthday, birthday was yesterday. Ha- I yesterday. told Noah, happy birthday, Noah. I love you. <laughs> you know it. Uh, I know it. I'm just messing you, with you. You got a personal video. You are, thank that. you so much for reminding me. Quick shout out to my wife, who is the most amazing woman in the world, who reached out to a bunch of you different guys, and you all responded with a video to uh, say happy birthday to me. I'm so glad that Brigham reminded me of that. I love every one of you guys, and the, the fact that I got a personalized happy birthday message from so many people in the community was an incredible thing. I've never gotten anything like that before in my life. That was amazing. And I love all of you guys so much. So thank you very much. I never even, I never, I didn't like a poster about it or anything. I was just kind of shocked. I, I didn't know how to respond. Did you cry? So a little bit. Yeah, there was, well, no, cause, awesome. cause men don't cry. We just have one lone man tear that goes down our cheek. Um, so I allowed that to happen. And that was as far as it went. Well, you, you've already when, observed when I cry today. So <laughs> <laughs> when I cry, it's, it's a mess. I'm a fucking blubber and just, idiot. Just ugly cry. Yeah. yeah, I'm one of them hold it all inside kind of people. So then once the cork pops, I'm like, <laughs> fucking, I am, it's embarrassing. I am just like that. I am just like that. I'm, yeah. Anyways, but no, happy birthday we're, to them. We're about to do a first in the hustle and grind history. We're going to have a different guest on the after show. I like it. So yeah, so Brigham's got a, a heart out. So we got to end this show basically right now so that Brigham can get done what he's got to get done today. And then uh, those of you that are lucky enough to have spent $1 a month to go on patreon.com and support us for that low sum of money, um, you will get to listen to the after show with a surprise guest. The person who comes on afterwards will shock you. I'm stealing somebody else's line there, but that's fine. It will fine. be worth it to learn. It will be yes. worth it. No one will be disappointed in this. So thank you all for listening. I don't get to do it. (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry. I'll shut up now. Bye, guys. Play us out, Ryan. Bye, everybody. Everybody have a good week. Thank you for listening. And last of all, that was nasty.